Does carbon-14 dating really provide a dependable way to build a worldview about the history of the Earth? Trusting it? Um, well, no, not radiocarbon dating itself, uh, but, you know, radiometric dating does kind of give you a good indication of how old the Earth is and everything like that. Like, that, that kind of thing is, is what can inform us of our reality, showing the reality of how old the earth is helps you shut ridiculous shit. Like, you know, the 6,000 years ago, the earth was formed by God in his magical God hands. Carbon 14 dating, like any form of radiometric dating requires faith. All f What is up, heathens? How are you guys doing today? I'm doing all right. Uh, so today we are looking at whether or not we can trust carbon-14 dating. There's been a new video put out by Genesis Apologetics. If you guys don't know who they are, they're an organization that is producing video content to refute evolution and uh, basically a lot of science. Can carbon-14 dating reliably show that certain fossils or artifacts date tens of thousands of years ago, far outside of biblical history that points to a miraculous creation just thousands of years ago? Um, yes. Yes, I can. Uh, biblical history is not a thing. Uh, that was something invented by Ken Ham. Uh, but it only, like, this whole historical uh, science and all that kind of stuff, it only exists within the confines of the Bible. Outside the Bible, it doesn't exist at all. Well, let's start out by saying that the actual process of carbon-14 dating includes sound science and uses high-tech lab equipment that costs millions. So, the method itself is not the issue. It's the assumptions that are made when the raw isotope ratio gets converted to calendar years that carbon dating becomes unreliable and inaccurate. Oh, I think I understand now, honey. So it's perfect. Like the entire process is perfectly fine up until it conflicts with your worldview. Then there must be something wrong with it. I mean, this seems like a clear cut case of spe special pleading here because there's special pleading that it's wrong when you try to uh, translate the decay rate of radiocarbons into actual time, which if you think about it, decay rate implies a certain amount of time here. Especially when dating really old items. Just what are the assumptions that are being made when interpreting carbon-14 test results? Actually, there's quite a few. Let's look quickly at just eight of them. Forest fires, which pump a huge amount of carbon into the atmosphere. Atomic activity and releases, which even double the amount of carbon-14 in the atmosphere. Volcanic eruptions that blow carbon even hundreds of miles around the eruption. Industrialization, where factories produce carbon, solar flares, carbon reservoirs, changes in atmospheric pressures, and variances in the Earth's magnetic field. Okay, it felt like he was calling seals uh, carbon reservoirs. Like, I don't know how a seal is a carbon reservoir. I don't know if they just eat like a whole bunch of raw carbon or something. Anyways, so uh, in this Gish Gallop right here, he's got a lot of things wrong. Um, for one thing, these particular things have actually been accounted for when you do radiocarbon dating. See, there's a certain level of performance, which we'll get into later. There's a certain level of performance that you have to attain when doing these radiocarbon datings. Uh, for one thing, you got to remove like background radiation and uh, background noise as far as determining like 
in mass spectrometry, um, determining how many atoms of C14 are in it. So you have to account for these things. You, ha you have to account for like how much carbon is known to be in the atmosphere at a certain period of time. And, uh, you know, scientists already account for this. More importantly, he's trying to insinuate that, like, the radiocarbon decay rate changes over time, and that these things would affect, like, how long it takes to decay. These particular things really only, uh, you know, change how much carbon's in the atmosphere and how much carbon is there for them to absorb. So... It doesn't change the decay rate, it just changed the amount that might be absorbed by it. And actually, uh, like in the instance of the uh, radio or, or the magnetic field, it actually causes radiocarbon dating to date younger than, uh, than, than what they actually are. So it actually works in favor of them to, uh, for, for like the, the uh, magnetic field to vary, uh, you know, in intensity. This all just kind of boils down to like a straw man argument of, you know, of saying, oh, there are these things out there that are going to muddle the radiocarbon dating method so you can't trust them. That's not at all uh, how radiocarbon dating works, and, and that way it is a straw man. Just like other types of radiometric dating, translating carbon-14 test results into calendar years requires assuming a uniform decay rate of the ice Topes involved. You, you, you see, he went directly for it. He, he went directly for questioning the uniformity of the decay rate. Now, the reason why we know them to decay in a uniform manner is just because of how, you know, uh, 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 radioactive isotopes work. And that's what C14 is. It's an isotope that is radioactive. It emits beta particles that uh, when, you know, it ch uh, changes from a C14 atom to a nitrogen atom. So uh, to imply here that the uh, decay rates, like they change over time, is kind of a str another straw man. The decay rate doesn't change, but the amounts of radiocarbon that are in like plants and uh, other uh, other things that you can radiocarbon uh, date, um, you know, that, that the amounts change and that can uh, factor into the date that you get. Uh, he doesn't really care about, you know, facts and, and shit, right? <laughs> but, you know, at a certain concentration when you're radiocarbon dating, uh, it becomes indistinguishable from the background radiation or the background uh, noise that could be, uh, that is in the sample. So, uh, you know, at a period of about 20,000 years, radiocarbon dating is pretty solid. When you get up to about 55,000 years, it is really shaky and it's a lot like you're standing on a platform above a stadium and told to throw a strike. Um, you know, you could be very far off or you could um, be right on, on the nose, I guess. So it really kind of depends on how old the specimen is. But generally, in the scientific community, anything after 55,000 years is considered to be too old to actually date. But again, just to stress, decay rates never change just so that we get that through. When scientists attempt to stretch the results of carbon dating back many thousands of years, are any of these assumptions being violated? Do we know about all the forest fires and volcanic eruptions that have occurred in the distant past? Atomic activity, solar flares and cycles, the Earth's magnetic field? Certainly not. We run... 
Okay, so those things, like I said before, do not affect decay rates. Um, it affects how much radiocarbons in the atmosphere, but it actually doesn't uh, affect the decay rates of isotopes. It doesn't at all. They're they're they're, they're consistent. They're constant. Um, we have never observed them to change at all. But he wants to try to point this or paint this as like an assumption that we make that we can't verify. We can verify it because it's never been known to happen. And out of clearly documented historical events that validate these assumptions after just a couple thousand years. And scientists already try to account for the violations of these assumptions that we happen to know about. So if we know that these assumptions have been violated in our known past of just a couple thousand years and have to account for them, how in the world can we say that there are no violations to these assumptions over the previous tens of thousands of years that aren't confirmed in written history? Uh, because those particular things do not change decay rates. It only changes the amount of carbon, uh, radiocarbons that are in our atmosphere. So I don't get the point in even bringing this up unless you're trying at a red herring fallacy being that you're trying to obfuscate the actual information with disinformation or questioning when you don't really have good reason to question. Fortunately, there is a way to put carbon-14 dating to the validation test where we can see how accurately you can date items of known ages. Uh, yes, and we have already accounted for that. Um, you know, radiocarbon dating has been put through the ringer in the scientific community. Um, if you can actually prove that it doesn't provide accurate information, then uh, please uh, show your work. You can get it published, and then I'm sure you'll win a Nobel Prize for proving a verified scientific method wrong. That would be something that you would win a Nobel for. This is exactly what the British Science and Engineering Research Council did when they conducted an international blind study on carbon-14 dating by sending out artifacts of known ages to 38 of the world's leading carbon-14 testing laboratories. The results? Only seven of the 38 laboratories produced dates that were even close to the known dates of the artifacts. That's only 18% of the laboratories in this international study. The rest, 82% of the laboratories, produced dates that were across the board, being off by even thousands of years. Okay, so this is a little bit more complicated than um, you know before, because they are indeed lying in using a straw man in order to do it. Um, because if you actually go... <laughs> Ding! Fallacy, fucker. All right, so I have tried to look up this SEC uh, paper that he's talking about here. I've tried to verify it and see what it actually says, but you can't find it anywhere. You, like, I, what I did was I searched for Professor Murdoch Baxter of NEL said the results were gloomy. I searched that on Google, didn't find a thing, except for one PDF file that you actually can't access that is actually related to an AIDS study. I don't know what they're playing at here, but uh, if you just read the text here, uh, which I'm sure they're assuming that nobody's going to actually do, but if you read the text, it says, he said that only seven out of 38 laboratories had met the three desired performance criteria, negligible bias, high internal precision, and neg negligible external variation. The only thing that this study actually proves is that there were shitty laboratories doing radiocarbon dating that didn't meet these performance criteria. That is the only thing that this study ever says. It never says that, you know, uh, most of the laboratories, like, returned uh, these dates, and, and, and this proves that radiocarbon dating isn't reliable. 
it shows that those labs aren't reliable and that the ones that did meet their performance criteria produced verifiable and accurate results. You could also say that it proves that using these particular performance criteria, implementing those in your laboratory gives you the correct dates for these known items. So this only works against their case. It's really weird when they use a straw man that actually works against them. We're across the board being off by even thousands of years. Given the short half-life of carbon-14, only 5,730 years, organic materials that are supposedly older than 100,000 years, which is about 18 half-lives, should contain absolutely no detectable carbon-14. Okay, uh, that particular portion is, is true. Um, that, you know, after such uh, amount of time, uh, the carbon-14 and the beta particles that it produces and just the amount of carbon-14 in the material in general is going to be indistinguishable from the background noise. That would be the background noise of, of the uh, beta particles being emitted. It would also be the background noise of the elements even within that particular sample. So... After, like I said before, at about 20 years, 20,000 years, you can bet that radiocarbon dating is going to give you a very accurate number. At 55,000 years, it becomes a lot less reliable, but that's why we have approximations. Like, you'll often see, like, you know, uh, 35,000 years plus or minus uh, 500 years, something like that. You, you'll see those kind of dates because they it's like in the ballpark, like it's around this amount of time. And so, but, but once you get past 55,000 years, radiocarbon dating is completely unreliable. You can't use it to date items that are older than 55,000 years and get accurate dates. So to, to, to do that table out to 100,000 years is really ridiculous because you're not going to use radiocarbon dating in order to date things older than 55,000 years. This is a classic case of, um, I guess, just another straw man because, he, you know, he's straw manning how the uh, radiocarbon dating is done. Ding! However, coal, diamonds, and even dinosaur bones contain plenty of carbon-14. Okay, so um, you can radiocarbon date tin. Like, you can take a piece of completely non-organic matter, not organic in, in, at all in its, in its lifespan or anything like that, and you can radiocarbon date it. That's because there's background radiation, there's background uh, uh, C14 that contaminates the material. So, like, when you see this whole parts per million over there, like 0 0.3, 0 0.2, and all, all of that kind of stuff, these are, are amounts that are way too small to actually detect like how old a substance is. So they're, they're completely misrepresenting the radiocarbon dating process. These coal samples carbon date to be between 40 and 60,000 years, but they are sandwiched between geological layers that are supposedly 34 to 318 million years old. Uh, that is correct. Uh, they would be sandwiched in there. That's because uh, that is the point in which, you know, the, the matter became trapped in order to make the coal. But over that period of time, all of the radiocarbon that would have been absorbed by the living material that created this coal, uh, it it would have dissipated. So the amount of C14 that you're actually seeing is through contamination or through, you know, post-death absorption. So you can't, you can't use it to date those, those things. The way that you would date items that old 
is you would use something like uh, potassium argon dating. That's used regularly. That is also one of the things you have to account for when you're radiocarbon dating because potassium, uh, the potassium argon uh, dating actually has um, beta particles that, that exist in that background. So, I mean, it's very important that you calibrate when you do these kind of things. That's why there's whole labs dedicated to it. That's why we need to verify the integrity of these labs like that one SEC report was doing. So which age are we supposed to believe? Maybe they are all wrong. Maybe they're all wrong, and we got a book that says otherwise. So drop my get fuck believe in God, bitches! In fact, these coal carbon-14 results show that the plants that eventually became coal were uprooted at about the same time, demonstrating that the tectonic upheaval occurred during Noah's flood when the fountains of the Great Deep ruptured according to Genesis 7-11. <laughs> don't you just love how he completely he just jumps to that like he jumps to the god explanation like this can only be explained by god doing his magical god thing to the earth teen is also found in diamonds which supposedly take millions and millions of years to form diamond is the hardest naturally occurring substance known so it should be very resistant to contamination yet they are Okay, so the whole diamond aspect of it, I really looked into this, and what I can tell is that the amount of carbon-14 in, in these samples are actually too small in order for you to actually act, uh, to, to accurately date it. Um, uh, you know, these radiocarbons can be formed and get mixed in with, with the material that creates these diamonds. Uh, I believe it's primarily... Uh, was it coal that gets hyper-pressurized or whatnot? So, I mean, you can still have, you know, carbon-14 uh, radiocarbons in diamonds, but that doesn't mean that they were, like, once living or, or that you can even uh, use carbon dating to date them. Uh, the amount of carbon-14 in these samples is too low to actually uh, date. Repeatedly found with measurable levels of carbon-14 in them. Carbon-14 is even repeatedly found in dinosaur bones, indicating that these animals were created on the sixth day of creation, just thousands of years ago. <laughs> I love how he just jumps into the whole creationist position. Like, <laughs> he jumps into it but without any kind of explanation, without any kind of evidence. He's just like, yep, that means creation via the Bible is completely and accurately correct. Like, you have to be able to distinguish your creation from like uh, Muslims or Islam or, or any other creation story out there. You've got to discern it. Like just saying, oh, this automatically points to my personal creation story. It, it doesn't make it true. 1984 and 1998 alone, the scientific literature reported carbon-14 in 70 samples that came from fossils, coal, oil, natural gas, and marble representing the fossil-bearing portion of the geologic record. Which would be millions of years old, which radiocarbon dating wouldn't be used in that, so you're, you're obviously strawmanning the position of how to use radiocarbon dating. Uh, ding! Another, another, another fallacy. Thank you for the fallacy bell. I appreciate the fallacy bell. You can't use radiocarbon dating to date fossils that, that are that old. So the fact that you're trying to use this shit right here is just fucking ridiculous. Supposedly spanning more than 500 million years, all containing radiocarbon that shouldn't be there if the Earth is really billions of years old. Um, the Earth is billions of years old. We have different ways of, of, of dating things. Did you know that the actual way that we can uh, date the Earth 
to know that it's like the three, the uh, three, four billion years old, is that we we take these meteorites that have hit Earth, um, and and uh, they're very specific uh, meteorites that are made up in a very specific way, so that we know that they were the the same things that were floating around at the beginning of the universe when the Earth was formed. And what we do is we take that and we actually date that with other dating methods, um, dating methods that'll give us millions of years that have half-lives in the millions of years like i believe potassium argon dating has like a 1.25 uh, uh million year lifespan um uh or maybe it's billion i think it might be billion i'm not exactly sure on that don't 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 quote me does carbon 14 dating really provide a dependable way to build a worldview about the history of the earth trusting it um well no not radiocarbon dating itself uh, but, you know, radiometric dating does kind of give you a good indication of how old the Earth is and everything like that. Like, that, that kind of thing is, is what can inform us of our reality. Showing the reality of how old the Earth is helps you shut ridiculous shit. Like, you know, the 6,000 years ago, the Earth was formed by God in his magical God hands. Carbon-14 dating, like any form of radiometric dating, requires faith. All f no, okay, so here, it requires faith. That is blatantly false, at least in this context. Uh, faith is like, you know, uh, you know your belief in something or whatnot, or, or, or trusting something to give you, uh, you know, accurate information. Like, that, that's a very, very high-level uh, definition of faith. And um, he's using that to obfuscate the conversation right here. He is using an equivocation fallacy in order to uh, <laughs> an equivocation fallacy in order to uh, you know confuse people because the faith that he's talking about is non-evidential faith. Whereas, like scientists and whatnot, if you wanted to call it that, you could say it's it's evidence based uh, faith. So, um, you know, the, the, he's he's really mucking the terms up here, and he's doing it in order to confuse people. Forms of radiometric dating depend on assumptions. Assumptions about the starting. Yeah, nothing, nothing at all that they believe. Like they auto assume that the Bible was definitely written by God's lightning dick levels of the parent and daughter elements, the decay rate, and the consistency of the environment where the item was located. Really? Like, you can't shove uh, carbon-14 down the throat of a dead animal. Like, you can't just get a whole helping shovel full of radiocarbons and be like, come on and open up there, you, you fucker. Get, let me shovel more in you so I can pretend that this world is billions of years old. Like... That's not how shit works. Um, and yes, we th there is the assumption of decay rates remaining constant, but that's because they've never been shown to vary. These assumptions can never be proven because we can't go back in time to validate them. Where's my flux capacitor, Marty? I need to go back in time and prove these dipshits wrong. You know, you can't go back in time and prove that a murder happened because you were there to see it. Like, you look at the evidence that is left behind. It's a lot like throwing a rock into a lake. Now, 
If you come up on a lake and you see ripples emanating out from a central point in the lake, you can either A, think somebody threw a rock in there because that's what fucking happens when you throw a rock into a still water lake, or you can think that Jimmy did a backflip somersault dick first into the pond and just stuck the tip in and then floated his happy ass the way out. You can put that forth, you know, as, as a hypothesis, but I can guarantee you, you don't have any kind of goddamn evidence to suggest it. Wouldn't you rather trust the only one who was here when the Earth was formed? And no, because nobody was here when the Earth was formed. When the Earth was formed, I mean, it was it was it was a a, a volcanic uh, lava covered mass. That, and it wasn't till many many uh, thousands, uh, tens of thousands of years later, before like the heavier elements uh, sunk into the core, uh, creating I believe it's a, a nickel. Uh, is it is it a nickel core? A nickel, oh, iron core. Sorry, iron. Getting my metals mixed up here. An iron core. And so the, the lighter elements floated to the top and created the crust and the mantle and all this other shit. So, I mean, no, it's not more plausible that a, a god being was at the beginning watching all of this happen at all. There's nothing to suggest that. The written account he gave us describing how he created it and when... Are you a Christian student being bombarded with evolution teaching in public school? Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like this guy's trying to paint a picture of just scientists in the <laughs> uh, of scientists in, in science classrooms being like, "Listen up, motherfuckers! Okay, creation's not true. Leave leave your fucking God at the door. This is science class now. Get the fuck out of here. Do you think God exists?" Like, that's not even it. There are plenty of Christians out there that are perfectly fine with evolution, with the creation of the world being a natural thing, being a natural process that, that it, came, in, uh, came, that it uh, came into being. Yeah, there are plenty of Christians that believe this, that are fine with it, and it works with their own faith. If you're sitting in class and you're being bombarded either with students or from the teacher with all of these questions about fucking God and shit, maybe you should tell the principal. Like, seriously, nobody should be harassing another person in school about their religion. It really shouldn't be a thing. But now you come into school and you say, um, you're fucking wrong, teacher, because God said in a book, I'm fairly certain that teacher's going to look at you and be like, this is a this is a science class. It's not a religion class. And I know they're going to see that as persecution. They're going to see that as stifling their free speech or whatever like that. But it's a classroom. It's a science class. God lives outside of science. He's in the supernatural. This is a video coming from people that legit believe in fucking magic. Looking for answers about what the Bible teaches about creation? The no. Fossil record? Dinosaurs? Download the Genesis Apologetic. Nope, don't download this shit. Nope, nope. Don't even look it up. Don't, don't look it up. Not at all. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I appreciate everybody joining me today. I hope that you like this little coverage of it. If I did get anything wrong, please do leave the comments down below. I'm sure those that are watching live have already been doing that. Uh, I know some of you were like, this is childish. But, you know, at, at some point, 
I, I, I just, I, I love to have fun with it. And that's who I am. And I get it that some people want a very dry commentary on a video and how bullshitty it is, but you're not going to get that with me. I am, I, I, I try to be funny about it because you can only laugh at how hilariously dumb uh, this shit is. So, anyways, guys, I hope that you appreciated this video. If you did, leave me a like or subscribe to the channel or wherever this is. I will see you heathens later, and don't forget to stand up, use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.